lovely notes from Giuseppe Verde mean it's time for another edition of Serie A Sit Down. We are World Football Index's podcast on Calcio at the highest level. Frank Crivello here. Glad that you have clicked on and gotten stuck in with us. Uh, let me get right to it and bring in the co-host of the Serie A Sit Down, good friend, fellow Milanisti, Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How is it going? Well, you know, if if if... if that is a sign of things. I understand, Crotone, we're down to 10 men very, very early. But if that is a sign of things to come, oh, baby. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Uh, the red and black are ready to dominate. So, But I know that there are a few other teams that did some, uh, did some pretty good things as well. So, um, you, know, uh, you know, before we get into, and we are going to be pretty recap heavy here uh, on match week one. Before we get into that, big, big thank you if you took the time to listen to our preview podcast uh, this week where we had uh, three outstanding guests, three of our favorites, Mark Neal, Laura Bradburn, and Blair Newman. Uh, I understand as of yesterday, uh, 600, almost 650 listens on SoundCloud, Richard, and I think for a one-week, just for a one-week uh, uh, space of listenership for any of our pods, I think that's a record, don't you? It's up there for sure. I, I know yeah. that. Yeah, I, I happened to happened to kind of breeze through the SoundCloud app yesterday. Saw that number. I was like, wow, wow, people, you know. And that's this time. This time I didn't click it six hundred times. <laughs> so um, only five ninety nine, huh? Yeah, five ninety nine. So <laughs> so uh, you know to try to get those to try to get those numbers juiced up. So but uh, but no, big big thanks for listening. And if you're and if you're uh, listening to us again today. Thank you again. It means you liked what you listened to last week and you're ready for more. Uh, it is just Richard and I this week as we're uh, taking you through the recap uh, of match week one. Uh, the anticipation uh, is finally over with. We are now officially into the season. The opening weekend of Calcio is upon us. Uh, let's start, Richard, with a, uh, with a debate because before we get into all of the match recaps, what I want to do is I think there are three uh, key things that we could take away uh, from match week one. Are you ready? I am. Okay, and I want you to pick one of these three. Tell me what do you think is the, at least was the most interesting to you or the most significant. Uh, one, uh, the favorites, okay, or the heavy hitters, let's say, uh, you know, Juventus, Napoli, Milan, Roma, Inter, all winning and, and by their standards in the situations they were in, winning impressively. Uh, B, you have VAR, or in one case, the lack thereof. Um, or maybe not the lack thereof. They 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 reviewed it and got it right. We can talk about we'll talk about that incident when we get to that game. Uh, or C, uh, a certain Alfred Gomez for Spall just uh, being a total wall uh, in in goal for them today in their uh, heroic uh, point that they rescued against Lazio, only promoted team to get anything out of the weekend. Which 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 one did it for you out of those three? Um, I wasn't really too surprised about the big hitters coming out the way they did. Uh, VAR is definitely on my mind. However, I think Gomez's actions and goal for Spall, uh, what for what he did today was amazing. That that won it for me for sure. Okay, I'm gonna go with that too. Alfred Gomez, you uh, you've earned uh, my respect, and uh, uh, Spall might make us stand up and take notice. I know a number of us um, last week, uh, well, not a number of us, just uh, you and I have Spall relegated. So that means. Our guests know more than us. They should know more than us. <laughs> so, and actually, um, there's there's one more reason today. We'll we'll bring it up later uh, for us to pick Spal to make it to stay up in Serie A. So we'll get to that later. 
So now are you going to change a little romantic uh, sentimental pick for survival to Spall now instead of Benevento or are you going to I are you still pulling for Benevento? Uh, I'm pulling for Benevento but I actually after what I saw off the pitch today with, with Spall I'm going to say they're going to make it over Benevento. Okay. Okay. All right, but you're still going to you're still going to pull for Benevento. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. And Crotone too, but you know they're not going to make it. Well, I told you, I told you, you should have put on your Crotoni jersey and did a selfie of you frowning uh, and put it on Twitter. It would have been the first, people, it would have been the first time in his life Richard Carmen ever frowned. So, true story. Yeah, very true story. The guy's happy all the time. So uh, you could have told him he, you could have, you could have told him you could have had, a, you could have given him a black bean burrito and he would have enjoyed it. And you could have told him it wasn't black beans, it was cat turds, and he would have said it was good. And he would have been still, be, you would still be smiling. That's right. So. That's just the kind of guy you are. So, but anyway, uh, in, in, enough of our rambling. Um, you know, let's get into match week 31, and it all kicked off on Saturday, and it kicked off with the champions. Uh, and you know, Richard, any um, evidence that the champions might take a step back? We sure didn't see it on Saturday, did we? No, not at all. In fact, it looked like they were the same old Juventus. Yep. Uh, they kicked it off. They kicked off the 2017-2018 season at the J Stadium, the Alliance Stadium, the Juventus Stadium, whatever they're calling it these days. They're wearing their Jeep Compass iron-on patches on their jerseys, <laughs> and th that was a shout out to Laura Bradburn for saying that on Twitter, by the way. Uh, against uh, mid-table finishers, Calgary, a summer of upheaval in the Juventus locker room. The Bianconeri, more than anyone, ready to get the season underway, and both Juve and Calgary left off where they ended last season. Juventus winning at home and Calgary leaking in goals. This was all Juve all the time, and in the 12th minute, uh, the goal scoring picked up where it left off uh, from the Champions League final. Stefan Licksteiner feeding Mario Mandzukic. One for Licksteiner, the tocco dentro, deviazione, 1-0 Juve. And Mandzukic, who trova the primo goal del campionato, dopo 11 minuti e 40, 1-0 Juve. Brilliant piece of possession on uh, Juve. Uh, Juve's part on that first goal, Richard. Very, very little resistance, though, from the Sardinians when I watched that uh, yeah. when I watched that goal unfold. Like you said, they're in midseason form defensively already. Yeah, yeah. When you saw that, you said, "Okay, seventy-six last year, maybe, uh, maybe ninety-six this year." So, <laughs> um, well, right now on pace to give up one hundred and fourteen. So I'm being Ooh. I'm being conservative with that ninety-six. <laughs> so yikes. it has only been one game, though. Um, but then in the 39th minute, we got our first taste of VAR. It didn't take long. Uh, Calier was awarded a, a spot kick. Uh, it was Alexandro uh, being penalized in a penalty area. Initially, the referee didn't give it. Uh, then they went to VAR and said, yes, it is a penalty. And uh, Diego Farias, fresh from the school of penalties taken by Simone Zaza <laughs> and Federico Bernardeschi, stepped up and, and his just miserable excuse of a penalty uh, was comfortably parried away by who else but Gigi Buffon. Things did get worse for Calgary five minutes later. If you are going to coronate the champions in the first game of the season, and it's a party, like I said, better have a mask. Quasi occhi chiusi, posizione regolare, Dybala, Dybala! 2-0 Juve! Miralem Pjanic from midfield feeding a long ball over the Calgary defense, found a streaking Paulo Dybala who finished with ease past Alessio Cranio. Was that a handball to you when he brought it down? No, if I, I think he got it right off his chest. It was, it was, I mean, the goal he was, you know, calling for, but I thought it was a perfectly played ball by Dybala. It was close, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. I've, I've looked at it a few times. At first, when I saw it, I said that's close. Uh, but the new number ten did open his account. Uh, what else? It's at the J Stadium. Of course, he scores at home. Um, and then in the 66 minutes, some nice Bianconeri movement, ending with Alexandra finding Gonzalo Higuain unmarked in the box. 
who made no mistake with his goal. Juve go on to win 3-0 uh, and uh, put pressure on the rest of the field. Richard, uh, scale of 1 to 10, how good was this, Juve? Um, I'm going to say it was an 8 with an asterisk. And the asterisk is you're playing Cagliari defense. So I, I want to see them play a team with a better defense and see if they play the same way. Uh, but I was impressed with the way they came out. Uh, Dybala is embracing his number 10 role. Or number ten jersey, I should say. Um, so they are looking good, and and who the heck leaves Iguain and Dybala, all these guys wide open? They're, do they not, did they not watch last season? Calgary, Calgary do. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, come on now. And 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 it gets worse. And and Calgary better figure out what's going on back there because uh, they go to the San Siro next weekend to play Milan, and uh, and it, it, Milan we'll get to their we'll get to their uh, score and uh, recap and highlight here a little in a little bit but uh uh with that Calgary team and I know that they're patching it together they've got some new players Andrioli's back there uh they pretty much got rid of their back four from last season um I fear for them I think it's going to get worse before it gets better for this before it even yeah. might even get better for the Sardinians at this rate they they also lost Marco Borriello, which we'll talk about in a little while uh so um, it's, uh, it, it's definitely going to be an ugly one, but for me, I'm with you. I'm going to go for an eight for Juve to, on, on this one. Um, I, you know, this was not a game that suggested it missed, uh, Bonucci or Dani Alves, you know, yeah. nor did it really need Douglas Costa or Federico Benedeschi. You know, a lot of the regulars and a lot of the usual suspects were able to carry on and do this without any added help. Uh, it was nice to see Claudio Marchisio, yeah. uh, get yeah. an opportunity out there. Um, you know, and I don't know if that was, uh, a, 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 a chance to give him a game or if that was an indictment on Sammy Kadira's performance in the Supercopa uh, a week ago. Uh, we shall see what uh, what goes on in that mind of Max Allegri. And, uh, you know, some of these new signings did get an appearance. We saw Blaise Matuidi out there. We'll talk about his transfer in a little bit as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I think an eight's acceptable. Um, I think that they have room for improvement. Uh, I'm not I'm not totally convinced. I, it, it feels like, okay, you went out and did what you were supposed to do. Uh, lay waste to a team that's just clearly inferior and calories clearly clearly uh, an inferior team. So uh, let's move on. The other game on Saturday, uh, newly promoted Hellas Verona at home against Napoli. Their first match back in Serie A. Of course, I'm talking about Verona. Uh, and uh, welcome back. You get to play Maurizio Sarri's high-scoring Napoli side. Uh, <laughs> the same Napoli that scored 94 goals in Serie A last season. This was a very highly entertaining match with both teams having Apple opportunities, in fact, and it was in the 32nd minute uh, where Hellas Verona defender Samuel Supran opened the scoring. Problem. It was an own goal off a corner kick. <laughs> it, was that like the saddest own goal you've ever seen? Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no! <laughs> it's like it, 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 it took it 10 minutes to go it, in, yeah. It did. It was like... I think the corner kick was taken in the 22nd minute, and here we are in the 32nd minute. Supran... <laughs> Superman gets it in there, and and I just look at that. I was like, "Gosh, uh, like nobody could have gotten to that." The the, the 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 goalkeeper could have crawled to that and got his hands on it. <laughs> just it was slow. Oh my, oh, it, was, it was a trickle. You gotta love promoted teams, don't you? That's right. <laughs> so, not that Napoli needed any help. No, I mean, no one at all. Oh, not not how they wanted to begin the season against Napoli, and it would not get better in the 39th minute. Uh, uh, Verona had a corner kick. They were feeling good about themselves, and then you know. They put too many men forward. Don't put too many men forward against Napoli. 
Because this is what Lorenzo Insigne is going to do to you when he goes forward. Insigne taglia la strada su Prayen, va con l'esterno, un po' largo per Milik che va alla conclusione e trova il gol del raddoppio. Alex Milik, destro vincente, 2 a 0. Brilliant outside of the uh, foot pass, curled in behind that last defender and right into Arkadiusz Milik's path. I mean, that's one of the best, that's one of the better passes I've seen yeah. uh, in quite a while here, Richard. Um, and then uh, Milik's finish, uh, putting Napoli two to the good. Uh, just before halftime. Uh, Napoli's leading scorer last season, Dries Mertens, did make his season debut in the 61st minute, coming on for Milik, showing that uh, they are treating Arkadiusz Milik with kid gloves even uh, just, what, it's been four months since he's been past fit from that ACL yeah, injury. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, But he only needed one minute to make an impact. His chaos in the box, and again, it was another uh, genius ball in from uh, Insigne. Uh, and... Uh, Mertens causing some chaos in the box, finding ultimately after a goal after good goalkeeping, Fauzi Gulam. E poi sinistro al volo in rete ha segnato il 3 a 0 Gulam. 3 a 0. Ball came loose for him and that gave Napoli the 3-0 lead. Uh Hellas was given a glimmer of hope. You're this is your script, Richard. You're very nice glimmer of hope. 83rd minute down 3-0. I know. You you are like the eternal optimist. You thought that <laughs> Man, man, look at this. I know. Glimmer of hope. Glimmer, we're down 3-0, seven minutes to go. Glimmer of hope. <laughs> Elside Husai, thinking he plays for Albania, he brought down Daniele Besta in the box uh, and was given a red for his um, indiscretions. Uh, Verona was awarded a spot kick, and uh, we were once again treated to a trademark celebration. Vopazzini! realizza! 1-3 al Bentegodi, c'è la firma anche del Pazzo. Yes, Giampaolo Pazzini is back among us in Serie A with his little V that he does over his... What is that anyway? It's uh, Can You See Me. It's uh, oh. So Luca Toni had the Can You Hear Me celebration when they were both at Fiorentina. And to mock him, he did Can You See Me, and then that became a staple for him. Oh, I see. So he's kind of got the fingers pointing at his eyes. Yeah. I think he's like doing something that he's covering his mouth. And for you, was... for you youngsters, he's not doing the ball mask wrong. No, 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 no. But he 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 did do that. Rocketed past Pepe Reina, but too little, too late. Hellas Verona uh, go out three-one losers to Napoli. Napoli, Richard. Uh, I, I I tweeted about them in their uh, Champions League uh, playoff against Nice. I said it's August and Napoli are already in mid-season form. Would you agree? Oh man, they look good. They look dangerous this year. I feel bad for the rest of the league and and rest of Europe. Really, they're, they're they look they look hungry. And Arkadiusz Milik scoring uh, is good, just... Good for him. Good for him. I mean, it's just another boost to the confidence of this Napoli team. I still worry about that defense, um, you know, and that it has not been reinforced enough. And over the long haul, uh, I, I, I think that there may end up being some issues. But uh, yeah. why worry about it if you're going to put up three, four, five goals in a game? Fine. Win 4-2 nope. and 5-2. You're still winning. Who cares how the sausage is made as long as it tastes good, right? That's right. Just get them goals in. That's all it cares about. Outscore. Ex Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, Napoli getting that 3-1 win uh, to try to keep uh, some semblance of face with uh, the champions. So that's what went on on uh, Saturday. Let's get into, quickly just, just jump right into Sunday's action. Rich, Richard, what do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right, and it opened up with Atalanta hosting Roma. Atalanta, the darlings of last season, finishing a surprise fourth. Roma... Uh, a little bit retooled under new manager Eusebio Di Francesco as we 
mentioned in the uh, preseason pod, and uh, one man we did not talk about at AS Roma uh, is Alexander Kolarov, and what a nice time for him to open his scoring account. E pronto Kolarov, palla bassa, beffa la barriera che salta, il primo gol della Roma, ed un nuovo acquisto, ed è un gol di grande astuzia. The Serbian with the free kick that would be the only goal in the game, Roma winning 1-0, uh, Richard. This is a sneaky, impressive result for the Gialarossi because they went to Atalanta last season and they certainly weren't this good. No, yeah. Um, Atalanta are a formidable squad at home as they showed last season. Uh, this is going to be always a tricky encounter because you know, two good teams, you know, even with all the upheaval that Atalanta had, you know, it was always going to be tough for them. And, and Roma went there and got a result, a very good result. Um, a, a draw would have been fine there and they got a win. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tip my hat to them because... The way to get, you know, get the Scudetto is achieve results any way possible, especially on the road. And they did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I, this is not an 87-point Roma to me still. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. It's going to take them a few games to try to convince me otherwise. Uh, but uh, this is a, a three-points where some of the title contenders are going to have a hard time getting three points at this place. Yep. We might be a little too high on Atalanta, uh, you know, too early. Um, they obviously have a little bit of reorganizing and retooling. Uh, you know, I mean, they had a few months to get used to not having Roberto Gagliardini, but now Andrea Conti and Frank Tessi aren't there. Um, but still, there, there, there's enough pieces there to, you know, to cause a problem or be a little bit of a, you know, be a little bit of a nuisance. But uh, um, is too... Need to see more games from Atalanta before we can continue to think of them as this team that's going to, uh, you know, continue to fight for European places. Or, you know, are we are we comfortable that hey they played a very good team today? They were just on the wrong end of a tight game. Uh, to be fair, we need to give them a couple more games. I what I did I did like what I saw today. Their defense was a little shaky, but offensively they had some opportunities and they just couldn't. They weren't uh, clinical enough um, or at all. But I, I like to see a couple more games to see what the body of work is because they they have some tough games, you know, to start out the season. So let's see how they go. Uh, but I'm I'm fairly comfortable that they're gonna be, you know, pretty much in the same area they were last season, around fourth, fifth, sixth, fifth, sixth spot. So um, I just want to see how they get together with all these new bodies because you know if anyone can do it, Gasparini's men can do it. And actually, I played Roma. I mean, when you take a look yeah, at, it, I mean, yeah. I possessed them, uh, outshot them, uh, you know, six to one shots on goal. Uh, you know, you know, looking at some of these, uh, looking at some of these numbers here, these were games. But the thing that worries me, though, Richard, these were games that Atalanta went on and won last season. So yeah, yeah. it is a good team. It is a good Roma team that had the experience and the know-how to navigate through, you know, a game like this, get a goal and hold on for the three points in an away fixture. So you know, time will tell. I think in the end, uh, can't give a total verdict on Atalanta. Can't give a total verdict on Roma. Yeah. One of those games where, you know. One team got the result and one didn't. So, moving on, we had Bologna hosting Torino. This was the slate. Actually, it was an interesting thing for Serie A to have uh, seven games in their uh, 8:45 p.m. kickoff time. Usually, it's just one game to round out the weekend. Right, right. Um, but uh, they uh, they they did a little reversal on us, and uh, you know, it made me miss getting up in the morning and uh, having a little multicalcio in my life uh, <laughs> you know, with with my breakfast and my coffee, but. Uh, we had to do a little bit of a do a little bit of a flip here, and we had to try to keep track of seven games at once. And Bologna at home against Torino, 
the scoring opened with the hosts, uh, if you would believe it. A lot of high praise given to Torino uh, in last week's preview. But uh, Federico Di Francesco got the hosts out to a surprise lead. But six minutes later, damn, Eric Pulgar, just close your legs, son. Riesce a passare su Pulgar, Liaic! La papera di Mirante, il pareggio del Torino! Adam Liaic with the equalizer after nutmegging Eric Pulgar. Controversy late in the game on this one, Richard. VAR showed up. Uh, offside was given Yes. Um, on a goal that would have given Torino the win and the three points. Uh, they did go to VAR. They confirmed it was offside. Uh, your thoughts on that incident? Uh, good call. Uh, I watched the replay several times, and I don't think it was even close. I think he was off at least by three yards. Um, at just Torino fans, I think, are just upset that they didn't get the win. They thought they had the goal. It was more passion talking than, than sense. Uh, but if you really look at it you know, from a neutral point of view, the guy was offside, so good call. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was a good call. I agree with you there. Um, uh, Torino, uh, like what you saw, uh, Another one that uh, you know we need a we need a few weeks. This was Bologna away. They went and got a point. Um, I mean, look at this. They didn't give up multiple goals away. So that's true. That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> that, I, I think I, need, I think we need for some few more weeks just to see what they're made of. I'm not quite as comfortable with them as I am with Atalanta, but doesn't mean I think they're a bad team at all. Um, give them a few weeks to you know get their you know chemistry together and let's see what 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 Torino's made of or if they have anything at all. So baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, definitely. But uh, Andrea Bellotti was out there. Uh, so uh, it looks like Torino at the moment are going to hang on to him. Uh, you good know, Urbano. Yeah, good for them. Urbano Cairo was was stubborn, was, you know, has his price for him. And, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, bad for us Milanisti because we want him. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but but nonetheless, uh, you know, we, we, we see the changes a little bit here with Torino. Salvatore Sirigu, uh, you know, more experience, a little bit more solid. Uh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to totally say that Joe Hart was out of his element. But when you go look at him at West Ham, right now he's played two games and has conceded seven goals. Mm-hmm, yep. um, you know, maybe he was the problem. Uh, we where we harped at a lack of a center defense, but it also doesn't hurt to have a player like Nkolu, uh helping helping defend back there. Yeah. Uh, you know, solid lineup that Torino put out, and uh, you know, a solid team that uh, that Bologna put out as well. So. Um, uh, you know, maybe honors even is deserved here at the, uh, at the end of the day, uh, even though Torino did outpossess, uh, did outpossess Bologna, Bologna hit on the break and created more shots, but, uh, uh, certainly, uh, you know, one, one, the right result here. So I, I agree. Moving on, uh, at Clotone, the, the, the real darlings of last season, when you really want to take a look at it, uh, with their unbelievable escape against and this one, a bit, we we probably looked at this as one of the intriguing games of the of, of the of the uh, match week one, wouldn't you think, Richard? Yeah, because uh, you know Crotone coming off a high last year, could they build on that? That was the question. And the other part was, you know, Milan. What would they bring? Would they all the all the new guys? All the new toys that the uh, Chinese owners want to play with. That's right. Um, so, but uh, this game got decided within the first within the opening minutes of the game. Uh, a uh, ball played in, Patrick, uh, Patrick Cutroni, Cutroni getting through, brought down in the penalty area by Ceccarini. Uh, the referee gives a penalty, gives Ceccarini a yellow, but they go to VAR. Yes. And he has another look at it, sees that Cutroni is free. There's not another defender near Ceccarini or 
he has a clear effort on goal or a clear look at goal. Uh, and in the referee's opinion, straight red. You and I were texting back and forth on this. You didn't think that was a straight red. No, I did not. I mean, I could see where, if you look, read the rule that, you know, there was no other defender there giving him a red, but still, I don't think that was a red. I think Catrone sold it very, very well. Um, it was, it was a yellow at best, honestly. Yeah. I. Uh, but I mean, the rule is, is if he's got a clear yeah. chance at goal and yeah. there isn't a defender in support and there was not a defender in support. Exactly. And so. Ceccarini hooked him. Yeah, um, so, so I can see you know, with, by the down. law, it's perfect. It is a red card, but I don't agree with it. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, well, that's because you have a Cotone jersey. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying not to do this with a, you know, look at this in red and black glasses. I, I legitimately say, okay, if the referee makes the decision, that was his decision. This is the last defender. Uh, this is the last guy with an opportunity to, to commit an infraction. Um, you know, he, he's got to go. And, and, and for Cotone, that's their best defender by far. Yeah. Uh, so this thing was concluded once he was sent off. Um, but still got to play the match, and uh, it was up upstep Frank Kessie. Uh, he opened, he officially opened his scoring account for Milan with that penalty kick uh, in the sixth minute. Uh, we talked about Cutroni getting take Cutroni uh, getting yeah, Cutroni Cutroni. You can see how I get mixed up on this, right, Richard? Yeah, yeah. Matteo Bonetti was actually saying before he went on air, he's like, "This is going to be a nightmare today." Cutroni yeah. and Crotone. Yeah, yeah. You know, good thing this only has to happen twice a season. Right. Uh, and maybe the second time Cutroni's not even playing. But anyway. Um, but anyway, in the, uh, the the second goal of the game, thing of beauty, and uh, it was Cutrone on the end. La palla sul destro, vuole il cross, lo mette! Cutrone, più veloce di tutti, sul primo palo, ha conquistato il rigore e va a segnare la rete del 2-0, che impatto! The youngster getting his first Serie A goal uh, after, um, you know, a nice piece of play and then an early cross in from Suzo. Um, talk about Cutrone. I... Uh, Put in a put in a good shift for when he was out there. He was out there for about sixty five minutes. Yeah, he's got he, he may not have the the pizzazz that some of these strikers have, um, but he he's in the right place at the right time. He can read the game so well for such so what he's only nineteen years old. I mean he's always in the spot where you need to be. And look at this play right here when Souza comes in, crosses the ball in, he's right there. Right he beats the goalie to the ball. Um, he's always at the he, he's he's open for his men. Um, he's a team player. He works hard relentlessly. A little bit of Lapadula in him in that sense. Um, so it's, it's it's such a good player to have, and Milan needs someone like him. And he's he's showing that he uh, deserves to be on this team. Agreed. Uh, very much agreed. And uh, uh, the man who I thought was uh, the best player on the pitch, Suzo, uh, got a very deserved goal shortly after that. Uh, man, all of the goals happened within about the first 25 minutes of the match. Cutrone played through. Uh, was onside, perfectly timed run, got the ball, looked for Suzo, played it back into him. Suzo, uh, coolly pulling, putting it away. Uh, would you agree Suzo was the best, was the man of the match here? I, I, I loved his game today. Yeah, yeah. He was very, very good. Uh, he, he dictated the play at, for most of the game, really. Um, so, yeah, easily man of the match for me. Yep. Yep. So, uh, incomplete, though, because of the fact that they played a 10-man could. Ten man. Here I go again. <laughs> We're gonna. This is gonna happen. I can't. I can't wait to be done with this recap. Crow uh, Tony. <laughs> Crow. Ten man. Incomplete for Milan. Uh, would you think uh, playing a ten man Crotone without their best defender? Yes, but these usually when teams go down ten men, they're actually harder to play against. And Milan was just 
like you said, they're ruthless, constantly coming at them. You thought they were going to score left and right. Um, so, but yes, it is an asterisk. It's unfair to judge both teams really, because um, Crotone are probably better than that. Maybe I mean I don't know against Milan they would have got torched, but um, it's a, a incomplete, definitely an incomplete. Next week is when you're going to get a better idea of what these two teams are made of. I don't even know if we're going to get a better idea of what Milan are make, made of next week. They get Calgary at home, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> so, true. So uh, you know we'll 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 see. It's it's been uh, you know as Milan fans, I mean Kaiova twice and then uh, Skendia and yep. uh, Crotone and Skendia again and Calgary. Nice to get some layups here for uh, uh, for all of these uh, new players to you know to come together and learn how to play together, right? Yeah, easier way in. How about that? It's better than facing a gauntlet. I know that. I know we looked ahead at the schedule. October is going to be brutal. Yeah. So these uh, these guys better come together quick. Um, all right. So that's enough of uh, that's enough of Milan podcast. <laughs> Let's get on the rest of Syria. Uh, so we'll talk about the other side of Milan and oh boy, Inter. Well, you know what happens, Richard? We start touting someone. Uh, our guests start touting someone except Laura Bradburn. She didn't tout him as much. <laughs> she did not at all. Our prediction for Capo Cannonieri, Mauro Icardi. Take it away, Lega Serie A. Ancora per Perisic, rivolge il pallone Candreva. Perisic prova il cross! E c'è sempre lui, Mauro Icardi, che fa 2-0 per l'Inter al quindicesimo. 2-0. And it only takes him the first match week, Richard, to jump out into the Capo Cannonieri race in the lead. He's got two goals. He had the brace. Uh, Ivan Perisic assisting Icardi on on his second goal, Perisic scoring himself. Uh, this was all Inter, uh, which we kind of expected. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we Spalletti is going to make this team a lot better than they were last season for sure. He's going to uh, bring some stability to them. And what well, we had better do it than against uh, Fiorentina with their old Inter boss, huh? Pioli? Yeah, yeah. You know... I said this, and I actually saw uh, Marco Messina from from Italian Football TV have this chat. He was looking forward to the Inter Fiorentina game, and he said he thought both teams are going to be better than everybody expects. You know, and I even said this in my Calcio Consultant blog. This is going to be a Fiorentina team, much like Sampdoria last season. For me, this is going to be a team that you're going to see in 13th, 14th, 15th, kind of wallowing in there for a few weeks until the new signings can come together a little bit, until Pioli's. Uh, you know, methods and what he demands of the players resonates with the players and it's all bought in. And this is going to be your team that you want to watch starting in January, yeah. you know, through the second half of the season where they're going to start climbing up the table. They're going to ruin some title hopes. They're going to get into that eighth or ninth position, much like Sampdoria did last season. So I actually, in the Calcio Consultant uh, preview, go to worldfootballindex.com, cheap plug of my blog. Uh, I think I have them 10th. Um, uh, this season, just because I think there's going to be a little bit of a struggle early on. Um, did you sense that with Fiorentina today? Yeah, there, there's a good team in them, but they're they need to gel, like you said. Um, you know, give it midseason when all the guys have you know played together for a while, they're going to be a dangerous team for sure. Uh, but right now, it, it's just you know try to get results, try to get positive results, try not to lose. But they didn't do such a good job as today. Yeah, I mean, in my message to Viola fans, because sure, I'm sure you're disappointed, you probably maybe hope to get a draw out of this. Keep the faith in Pioli. This is a very good manager. Inter yep. screwed him last season. Um, this is a very good manager. You've got some decent pieces there. Giovanni Simeone uh, will come good for you. Uh, it oh, is yeah. a lot to ask a the mass exodus that Fiorentina had in terms of players and to bring these guys in and to just demand the same kind of success so early. This will be a process, but when you get to January, February, March, 
into the end of the season, you're going to be a lot happier with this team than you are now. Just grin and bear it for now. That's just my opinion about Fiorentina. Inter, on the other hand, I, we're, we're, we're getting what we expected out of Spalletti, aren't we? Yeah, that, this is going to be a good attacking team. Um, I, I'm excited to see... Well, Milan fans, cl- cl- close your ears. I'm excited to see what, what he's going to have to do with this uh, Inter team because they have the talent there, and it's all about making them work together, playing as a team. Um, look out for John Mario this year. Icardi, Perisic are going to have monster years. Uh, it's going to be an exciting team to watch, and, uh, and teams like... If you support a team that's playing against Inter, you should be worried. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, agreed. This is a – I mean, last season you looked at uh, – he had Perotti, Dzeko, Sala. I mean, you could argue that he has a much more talented trio with yeah. Perisic, Icardi, and Andreva. So if that defense can hold it together – today it did um, – if that defense can hold it together – uh, this could be an inter team. I'm going to be. I, I'm. I'm going to be sorry. I have them fifth in the preseason rankings. So, um, you know, they are going to be a. They're going to be an interesting team. And Spalletti is certainly uh, getting a lot out of these guys very, very early. He's having a heck of an impact. So, um, moving on, Lazio and Spal nil nil. And again, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, Richard, this was all about Alfred Gomez for Spal, wasn't it? Oh man, the guy stood on his head to use a hockey term. Yep. <laughs> 13 saves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just an absolutely incredible performance from him. Keeping the newcomers the only uh, promoted team uh, to, and I'm kind of spoiling it because I've got another promoted team to talk about, where Richie <laughs> gave me a script and didn't put in the score. Um, you didn't. I'm seeing it right here. Sampdoria oh, be better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'll have to say the score for you now since you didn't do it. It's just hey, early season startup issues, right, Richard? That's right. That's there we go. Right. <laughs> so, uh, all right, but no, fantastic from uh, fantastic from Spall, fantastic from Gomez, and uh, new signing Marco Bardiello making his debut for Spall in the 62nd minute. You and I have Spall for relegation. Are you feeling a little differently about them with the addition of Bardiello? I know we'll talk about him a little later here in the transfers, but. Uh, uh, that's a good get for Spall. They got a 15 goal scorer now on their squad. Uh, that's that's good. I mean, I gotta I gotta think with goals like that, you're gonna it gives you a better chance of surviving. Yep, yep. You know, in a name that'll, I mean, he's had some good seasons and he he does it for these small clubs. So sure, I, I'm with you there. I think he's gonna get them 15, give them 15 goals now. Uh, is his contribution going to be enough to keep Spall up? That's still you know an, a, another story. But if you've got goalkeeping like Alfred Gomez. Uh, you got a chance. Worried about Lazio at all after this result, or um, you and I both tipped them for a for a bit of a dip this year. Uh, th- this is not the kind of this is not the kind of uh, fixture that they should be dropping points having a promoted team at home. No, not at all. I mean, maybe they're still they're high on their victory over Juventus a couple weeks ago, um, but no, that's not a way you want to start a season against newcomers. And granted, the newcomers usually do put a good fight up in the first week, first couple weeks. But that's you know for Lazio fans you want to start off on the right foot and and you see in your crosstown rivals get a win and then you you can't match that that's um, at least it wasn't a loss I guess but yeah Lazio if they keep putting results like this they're gonna definitely drop from what they did last year. You know Richard I made a mistake. Um, Moro Icardi is not ahead in the Capocannoniere race. Ah. I'm I'm wrong. He's he's actually tied for the. He's tied for the lead. He is with he's someone tied who's for the twice lead, his age with an, almost. With an with an eighty with an eighty year old man. That's right. 
Fabio Quagliarella of Sampdoria. It was Benevento, though. Amato Ciceretti. Mezzo Ciceretti, controllo con il destro. Occhio che torna sul sinistro. Ciceretti, un super gol. Un gol nella storia. Il primo gol del Benevento in Serie A. Uh, giving the new side hope with the with an early lead uh, and uh, we were looking at this here we go again with Sampdoria but then the old man came through ancora Ramirez dentro Quagliarella e la doppietta di Quagliarella e sono 110 in Serie a brace for Fabio Quagliarella on either side of half time 6 minutes from half time 9 minutes after uh, to give the Blue Karate a 2-1 win and the three points. Uh, Sampdoria fans had to sweat a little bit on this one, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, for for a minute they thought they were going to uh, be upset by the newcomers, but uh, the old man brought them back from, from the depths of death and uh, pulled out a victory for them. Good thing he's still with them, right? Uh, conspicuous by his absence from this game, Patrick Sheik. Yeah. Rumors are swirling even stronger now. Yep, yep. Didn't even uh, didn't even uh, come on as a substitute uh, just from what I'm looking at here. So, uh, but two goals from uh, Quagliarella. Uh, again, the goal from Chicharetti. Uh, it's it's just going to be an awfully wrong long road for Benevento here. This was uh, they needed the they they needed. I mean, you get the lead, try to get a point away because you're going to need every point you can get, right? Yeah, it should have, you know set up shop for the rest of the game after that goal. Which they did not, and um, they were made to pay for dearly by Sampdoria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good start for Sampdoria, Benevento, uh, just about where we expected it, and it's going to be a uh, long, long road for them. Uh, moving on, Sassuolo against Genoa. Uh, an intriguing game between two teams looking to have bounce-back seasons, and that ended nil-nil. Uh, very, very even game. New signing, Rodrigo Palacio, did not feature, neither did Gianluca Lapadula. Uh, for the Grifone, uh, Sassuolo, meanwhile, um, they came out guns blazing, I think. Uh, yeah, they had uh, the uh, trio of Berardi, Falcinelli, Politano that I think will uh, be a lot better than uh, than this game. Uh, certain Mattia Perrin being back in goal for Genoa makes a big difference for the Grifone, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I know Genoa fans are happy that he's back because um, their team completely dropped they dropped everything they dropped the ball completely once he was gone uh but Sassuolo those three guys in attack they're gonna cause some da- damage this season uh they're three very good players and it's good to see that Diego Falcinelli uh is 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 starting and he's gonna make a good impact on his team if because if he can do wonders what he did over at Crotone not Cutrone um then you know he's got to be doing even better this year at Sassuolo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with uh, I agree with that, and uh, you know, so, you know, Sassuolo has an attack that I think is just going to get better as the season goes on. You know, Genoa happy to see Mattia Perrin. This is a game. This is a game last season that without Perrin, forget it, would have lost about three nil, three three nil, three one. Uh, you know, kind of in that kind of in that range. But the uh, possession was relatively even. The shots were relatively even, and a lot of that was going on with Genoa in the second half of last season without Perrin. But it was just the lack of his presence, uh, you know, costing them, you know, costing them some games. So. You know, to your point about Perrin, uh and Genoa haven't sold him. He's still there. So, yeah. um, you know, so 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 good for the Grifone, good for the Nero Verde, a point each. Um, and uh, I think two teams that are going to still make a lot more noise uh, as the uh, as the season goes on. Uh, they'll both be fighting for a top half finish. They're not going to be Euro- European teams by any stretch, but 
you know, certainly going to bother some people uh, as the season goes on. Um, and then finally, we rounded out with Udinese 1, Chievo 2. Uh, it was uh, Bobby English. Sul primo palo di deazione c'è il gol di Inglese e il Chievo in vantaggio al quindicesimo minuto. For those of you that have listened to this podcast before, that is Roberto Inglese. Um, <laughs> so we just like calling him Robbie English or Bobby English because that's really what it translates to. Uh, he opens the scoring for the Flying Donkeys in the 15th minute. Uh, Cyril Turo, who I'm sure is going to be leaning on heavily for Udinese, coming in with the equalizer. And then it was Walter Biersa. Uh, getting the winner for the Flying Donkeys. Uh, Richard, we kind of thought with what uh, Kievo have at their disposal that they're going to be troublesome, and this is this is the kind of game where you could expect them to take three points. Yeah, and, you know, last year we kind of saw the emergence, finally, of, of Walter Biersa. He's finally accepted that playmaker role. He's and he's in a good spot. He's at Kievo. There's not too many. There's not too much pressure as it was when he was like Milan, for instance. Um, so now he's coming into his own and uh, uh, playing a team like Udinese was a perfect opportunity to get three points. Where you know maybe in this past they would have you know drew at best. Um, so they're taking advantage of these kind of games, and if they can do that for the rest of the season, you know they may make a you know top half top half finish. But let's not get a little greedy now. Let's let's wait a couple more games. You and your you and your uh, your Kievo fetish. It's getting <laughs> it's getting a little uncomfortable, Richard. It really is. So, um, but uh, but nonetheless, um, Simone Scuffet's back in goal for Udinese, but it's going to take some getting used to with the defenders in front of him because you can't lose Felipe and Hertel back there who have bags of experience. Replace them with Ang- uh, Angela and Petzela uh, and, and uh, Wage and uh, Nightink. That was the back four for Udinese. You can't, you can't uh, totally revamp your back four and all of a sudden – you know, snap your fingers and uh, be able to lock down everybody. No, though Milan are going to try to this year. So, but yeah, that's just get your point. No, it takes some time to gel. And when you got a brand new back four, uh, chances are you're not going to do very well in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, unless you're signing guys like Leonardo Bonucci and Matteo Musacchio and uh, you, <laughs> you have the, uh, the next it for uh, Italy goalkeeping and uh, all that other stuff, it's going to be a challenge, but uh, it also, helps to play layup opponents here in your first several games. But Udinese, by their standards, uh, you know, the, a home match with Kievo is not a layup for them. And certainly if they're trying to gain some ground and they want to try to be safe from any kind of a relegation fight, I'm not suggesting anything because I actually think Udinese is going to kind of be in the uh, top part of the bottom half and not have to worry too much about it. But this is going to be a process and something to keep an eye on with the, uh, uh, the revamp back four for the Zabretta. Uh, but uh, plenty of uh, talent going forward when you look at them. Cyril Terog scoring again. He was very instrumental to them last season. Yes. Kevin, Le- Kevin Lasagna is there. We get that favorite name again, the uh, the former Carpi man. Yes, right. So can't complain about that. Rodrigo DePaul, Seiko Fafana, uh, Jakob Bianco, Halfordson. When you look at that that lineup, they're they're um, you know they're, they're they're solid enough to bother some people. It's going to be that back four that's going to be going through some growing pains and. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we're going to find out how good Simone Scuffet is over the next few weeks, I'm, I'm afraid. So uh, taking a look at that. Uh, so we talked about it. We thought that the big story really was uh, Alfred Gomes. We, you know, the um, the favorites, the, 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 the five that we really, really like this season, all coming out with some very strong wins to get things going. Um, VAR making its first appearance for good or bad or indifferent. Um <laughs> 
Anything else that uh, got your attention out of uh, out of this opening match week? Um, for the most part, other than the two scoreless games, I think you know the goal scoring is coming back, um, which is good because you know last year they you know Serie A was the most the, the highest scoring league in in all of Europe. So it looks like they're back to another flying start this season. I think there'll be a lot of goals, even by more teams this year. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's goals, goals, goals. Yep. Yep, the more the merrier. 19 goals here on the opening match week, just under two per game. Uh, that's a little bit off the pace of what happened last season, but I think as this season goes on and uh, teams get a little bit more familiar that that's going to change. So, uh you know, for me, uh, just kind of looking at these middle teams and seeing how they were how they were going to do. Uh, you know, seeing yeah. Sampdoria taking care of business and getting the three points, seeing Sassuolo and Genoa understanding who each other are and understanding, hey, this is you know, it's 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 a battle for table position and it ends in a draw. You know, some of these things are unique. Same thing with Udinese and Chievo. Um, you know, and then uh, looking at the newcomers and seeing Spall with the point and you know Benevento and, and Hellas Verona, maybe not the uh, you know, Hellas Verona had the misfortune of having to play Napoli right off the bat. Um, but, uh, you know, Benevento had a lead at least. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Spall and the performance from Gomi. So, you know, certainly plenty to go around. And then, you know, I think we've got some, some guys in there that it, we don't know the whole story yet. You know, yep. Atalanta and Lazio, when you look at them statistically, very, very impressive, but they dropped points. Um, you know, can they sustain that level of performance or, you know, is this one of those things that they look at, you know, because the, the two of them combined with everything they did, neither of them scored. Uh, so those are teams for me that be curious to see how they each bounce back uh, next week. Because, you know, Lazio got a point, but he got a point at home against a newly promoted team. You know, it's almost like losing the match. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's it's going to be uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to me uh, how those teams bounce back, how they respond. Um, what do the five Juventus, Napoli, Milan, Roma, Inter, what do they do for an encore? Uh, and how do they come out, uh, the following week? Uh, so that's the beauty. It's match week one, you know, you know, you're not going to know everything. And certainly I'm, I'm a believer that it takes you a solid 10 or 11 match weeks to know what you really got. Uh, so, but at least we get a little bit of an indica indication. All the contenders pretty much held serve. Uh, the, uh, the newly promoted teams weren't terribly disappointing. I wouldn't even say, I, I wouldn't even say no shame. Hell is Verona. It's Napoli. They're going to do that. To, they're going to do that to just about everybody. Um, you know, and then these middle teams all kind of fought and jockeyed and kept things tight. So uh, still a lot to learn about uh, all these teams. Uh, those of you listening to us, you can go to at down on Twitter at down on Instagram and tell us your thoughts. Uh, what did you get out of match week one and what impressed you the most? We're going to uh, shift our focus quickly to Italians in Europe. Uh, Richard, we have two of our Serie A teams involved in uh, playoffs, one in the UEFA Champions League, the other in the Europa League. And by all accounts, after leg one, both teams in very comfortable situations. Uh, let's start with the Champions League qualifier, Napoli beating Nice 2-0 uh, on goals by Dries Mertens. And then a penalty by... Jorginho, uh, Nice not being nice, uh, <laughs> a couple of sending offs there. Um, Dante sent off for a second bookable offense, 
And then the uh, center forward player uh, sent off uh, for descent. Um, the return leg uh, in for in the south of France coming up here on Tuesday, Richard. Um, Napoli just need to score a goal and remove all doubt, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think they will do that. Um, it's pretty hard to stop this Napoli team from scoring, and there's very few teams in the world that can do that. Nice is not one of them. Um, so I fully expect at least a goal by Napoli. Uh, but they should win this comfortably. I think it's going to be more of a story if Nice can overturn this result. Um, yeah, oh yeah. Especially, I mean, you don't have the experience of Dante. It's not known. And, and Mario Bellatelli is obviously at Nice, so that's why there's some intrigue here right? Uh, you know, from that regard. But it's not known if he's going to play yet. Uh, the manager has been pretty tight-lipped about it, um, Lucien Favre. Um, and then uh, Wesley Snyder, uh, who went over and signed for them. Uh, you know, Favre has not said if Snyder's going to play. So he's being, he's keeping things pretty close to the vest. I got to think you're going to see at least one of them. Um, you know, but uh, the, the the more, the bigger concern for me is, and, and we can make fun of Dante. There's plenty of, plenty of examples from his career where you, where you can make fun of him. Um, <laughs> World Cup 2014. And then, uh, you know, uh, being on that Wolfsburg defense that let Lewandowski score five times in nine minutes. Those are just two. Um, but, uh, He's Nice's most experienced defender, so what does that say about Nice? Um, you know, so uh, yeah, is, if Napoli score, if, if Napoli score first, that means Nice has to score four times. And as much as I pick on Napoli's defense, I can't see Nice scoring four times. No, not a no. chance. So I'll say second leg. I'm going to go one-one. I think it'll be a draw. Uh, just one-one honors even. That's that's good for Saudi. He'll take it and go on to the group stage. What do you think? I'm going to go. Two nothing Napoli. Okay, all right. So you think they'll just have total dominance? Then? I do. I do. <clears throat> okay, all right. I'll just uh, I, I'm gonna just err to being a little being a little conservative on that one. But uh, nonetheless, we both agree Napoli are gonna go through. We'll have three Serie A teams in the group stage in the Champions League, and they will join Champions Juventus and runners up Roma from last season. So uh, Europa League. Um, this one, <laughs> if we. We're only going to spend spend time on this because we're Milan fans. Uh, Milan in the opening leg uh, against Albanian side uh, KF Skendeha, uh, and it was Milan six Skendeha nil. Did I pronounce it right? Is it Skendeha? Skendeha? Uh, Skendeha? Skendeha? Something. That's one of those. Okay. <laughs> um, Andre Silva and of all people Ricardo Montolivo with braces. Yeah. Um, and then Luca Antonelli and Fabio Barini scoring in the opening leg. Um, I mean, they could put the Primavera out there and go through at this point, don't you think? I think they should. I, sh- I shouldn't put any starters for the weekend game out there. Um, yes, you're playing Cagliari, you know, on the weekend, but still, just play the young guys, give them some, you know, some some pitch time, because there's no chance that they're gonna get, you know, get surprised. Now, if they get over, you know, they get overcome by six goals, they deserve to be out because no one yeah. should lose after winning six nothing. I mean, my gosh, you could play a back four of, um. Bonera, Calazze, <laughs> well, Zapata. No, even who we got. Zapata, Antonelli, Abate. I mean, don't play Coletta. Please don't play Coletta. Um, and, but you could uh, play him. You could play him, sure. Um, but you could, you know, you could put some of these other guys in here. Um, Calabria could play. Maui yeah, you could play. You could give, uh, you could give Kalinic his uh, first run out um, in this game on Thursday. We'll talk about him being a Milan player here in the transfers, but... Uh, there's just, you know, unless the bus mysteriously disappears on the way to Albania, 
they go through. Uh, yeah. That's all the time we need to spend on that. So they will be in the Europa League. We will have six European, six Italian teams in European competition. Uh, the way it stands, Juventus, Roma, Napoli in the UEFA Champions League, in the Europa League, Atalanta, Lazio, and Milan. Let's move on to transfer news. We actually got transfer news we can talk about, Richard. Remember we had to go through all of January and oh, just man. reading so about Oscar Hillemark going to Genoa from Palermo and just... And that might have been the most noteworthy transfer in January. We got, we got legit transfers. And this is a, this is just in the last 10 days. So yes. You know what I mean? So this is yeah. great. Yep. So, and we will try to stay on top of this all the way through to the uh, transfer deadline. So we'll have another transfer update in next week's, blo- uh, next week's pod and kind of give you a breakdown of what it means to the teams. Uh, but here are the latest moves that happened uh, in the last few days. Uh, Thomas Rincon is on loan to Torino from Juventus. Uh, Giovanni Simeone uh, headed to Fiorentina from Genoa at 15 million euros. Uh, Rodrigo Palacio is headed to Genoa from Inter on a free. Uh, an undisclosed deal sending Valon Barami, the Swiss international, to Udinese from Watford. Uh, Blaise Matuidi joining Juventus from PSG. PSG has to get their money back somehow uh, right. for that Neymar deal. And then, gosh, the Mbappe deal if they do it. Uh, for 20 million euros. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Marco Barriello is joining Spal on an undisclosed from Cagliari. He was unhappy with the Cagliari management. Uh, the Cagliari said, okay, we don't need you. And they said, all right, then then here's my transfer request. And sure enough, quick fire move to promoted side Spal. And then Nikola Kalinic, uh, what turned out to be one of the worst kept secrets of this Mercato, <laughs> is joining Milan from Fiorentina on in undisclosed uh all uh intriguing to me richard what uh what what grabs you on these uh on these moves um when when the simeone deal went through you figured okay Kalinic is going to milan now because why would you get the second forward um i mean that's a good deal for fiorentina but losing a, a player of cal of Kalinic's caliber is gonna hurt them you know I don't, I don't rate them as well as I did, you know, in last week's pod when they had Kalinic. Uh, but still, it's a good deal for Fiorentina. Rincon is a good, nice pickup for Torino because he's a solid play. He was a solid player for Juventus. Lapadula thought he was going to be, you know, playing with Simeone there, and then Simeone goes off to Fiorentina. And he's like, wait, wait, what the heck is this? Borrello going to Spa. That's good, good for them. It is, it is good for them. Um, that gives them a a, a reference, a, a a good point, uh, you know, to work with. Uh, Spall got a lot of help, obviously, from uh, Gianmarco Zigoni uh, yeah. last season in, en route to promotion. Um, but, uh, you know, looking at this, uh, I, you, you made the point about two forwards. Uh, Kuma Babakar is still at Fiorentina. Um, I don't see him uh, as a departure. Uh, so there's, you know, it's, you know, you got to think it's going to be, if they're spending that kind of money for Simeone, he's the starter, and then Babakar is going to spell Simeone. Um you know, for me, uh, again, it, it, Simeone, I don't think you're going to see his value come through until the second half of the season. Any of these Fiorentina players, uh, Jordan Veratu, uh, Valentin Iseric, uh, Benassi, this team's going to come together later in the season, in my opinion. It's going to take some time with them and a new manager and, and Pioli's project to really come through. Um, but Blaise Matuidi, uh, $20 million, do you think? I think Juve got a steal there, don't you? 
Yeah, he's a he's he's a starter on the French national team. Um, he's a solid player. So getting twenty million euros, that's a that's an absolute steal. As much as a steal, Bonucci was at thirty eight million. This is just not as equal, but it's pretty. It's uh, it's up there. Matuidi is definitely worth more than twenty million. I know that. And that just gives Allegri more options. Oh man, they can rotate like crazy now. Yeah, more you know more flexibility in his tactics. I mean, when you take a look at it, you know you're seeing Marquezio coming all the way back now. So. I mean, suddenly Juventus' uh, midfield, we, we, we picked on it last week, but it's gotten a little deeper all of a sudden. Well, they had um, to. They saw what happened to them in the, uh, in the Champions League final. They got outclassed by uh, the, the trio at um, Real Madrid. They knew they had to bulk it up to compete muscle-wise with anybody of those like. Yep, yep. I certainly agree with that. Kalinic, um, Montella loves him. Uh, is this a... Uh, is it is this a, this feels like a Montella move to me? Um, yeah, you know that in, in that if it doesn't work out and Milan slipping the table because he's got this undying devotion to him that it could this could cost Montella down the road. I I don't want to say that about him now, but these are the kind of moves that if, if if the manager's forcing this and it doesn't work out, this falls on this falls on the manager. He's the fall guy in in, in a situation like this. So because yeah. we've seen it, you, you you've seen it happen enough. So. And not uh, to say it's not to say Kalinic is a bad player at all. No, but he's a good player. But I think they have they have something good going with Andre Silva and Patrick Cutrone. Um, yep. Both those guys have immense a ceiling above them. And if you know bringing in Kalinic is just diminishing one of their one of their playing roles. Most likely Cutrone because you just paid thirty eight million or whatever it was for Silva. So, right. You know what I mean? I know you want to think for the future and you want now, but like you were saying, if you're just bringing in a guy who you'd like, if it ruins the chemistry in the room. Um. Yeah, he's gonna. The fall guy is gonna be at Montella. Ultimately, hopefully not. Hopefully not the case. But uh, it's gonna be a wait and see how Kalinic fill, fits in with this team. I think he'll be fine. Um, you know, if it, you know, if Montella goes to a three-five-two, for example, um, Andre Silva's tasked with doing a lot of hold-up play and things like that, where Kalinic can just be a finisher. Yep. But Kalinic also has those capabilities. He's had to do it for Fiorentina. Um. And he had to, you know, he has to do it for the Croatian national team too. So I like I the mean, player; he's a good player. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, we've gotten spoiled where it's kind of gotten to, and we're back to the Milan podcast. We <laughs> that Nikola Kalinic is a mass signing for us. You know, it's just not like it doesn't move the needle for us. someone oh, yeah. of his quality. And how many goals did he score last season? He was in the teens uh, for goals uh, for Fiorentina. So hey, well, after um, Bonu- after the Bonucci signing, everybody else is meh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. After that, there's not a. It, there's only one way to go, and it's down. So, That's right. uh, Palacio to Bologna. Uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, I do too. You had Genoa. You made me read it. Read it as Genoa too. Look what you. Oh, did. whoa, man! Wow, that's about pre first week jitters. That's all it is. Yeah, week one startup issues. So. <laughs> Richard wrote the script, everybody, just so you know. Uh, so, but no, P- Palacio to Bologna, um, I, I, I like it because you've got young players like Destro and Simone Verdi who are going to learn from him, um, learn how to be a professional, learn how to deal with certain situations. Um, I don't know who he is as a person, and maybe an interperson might listen to this and say he's a, he's a, he's a first-class jerk. Why would they want to learn from him? And, okay, fair enough. But, you know, I had this conversation we had this conversation about why Storari is still at Milan um, at, yeah. at, at the age of 40. You know, he can, he, he can be there for young Donnarumma as a professional player, show him how to be a professional, you know, because uh, 
while we are excited about what Donnarumma is going to do and what his future is going to be, he's still 18 years old. So, um, you know, same thing, you know, same thing here. You bring in a veteran forward, a guy that might be able to score you a few goals, but also be able to uh, kind of be a, a source of support as well. So, um, no, I, I, I think all of these moves are fine. And then Barami's going to lend some experience to a very young nucleus of players at, at Udinese. Yeah. Um, he's going to show them how to attract women. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, among other things. So, I mean, how many models did he go through in his career? More than me. <laughs> more, a lot more than me. So, um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's no question about that, but, uh, but, uh, you know, at least, uh, you know, another veteran player that can be in that dressing room and can probably lend some experience, you know, to a, to a Fafana and to a DePaul, uh, you know, among other players. So, um, you know, like all the moves, don't have a, don't have a complaint about any one of them. I'm not scratching my head by what any of these teams have done. So, um, you know, go to your thoughts on the transfers. We'll certainly have some more as we get closer to the deadline. Teams are going to be scrambling around. They've had that first run out. Uh, owners are probably like, "Oh, we got to buy. Let's. <laughs> we got to. We got to do something here. We got to do something there." It always happens. Um, the panic buying will happen here in the last couple of weeks, and we'll try to report all of it. But go to at Syria Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Give us your thoughts on the Mercato. All right, before we uh, close this bad boy up, Richard, we have three actually very interesting games here uh, in match week two. Uh, Inter start the season, you know, they, they hosted, uh, um, they hosted uh, Fiorentina. Fiorentina to a 3-0 win. Uh, now they head, I think they go to Roma next, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, at the Olimpico, that is on Saturday. Uh, it is a 2.45 Eastern time kickoff, uh, 8.45 if you're on the peninsula. Uh, so you have that. Uh, you have Fiorentina hosting uh, Sampdoria. You have uh, Napoli hosting Atalanta. They're going back to doing this uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Goodness me, six games on, uh, six games on Sunday night. Is this going to be a permanent thing with uh, Serie A? Are they doing more games on Sunday night now instead of Sunday morning? Yeah, I think so. I heard that they were changing the schedule, but I didn't think they were doing it like this. But I mean, uh, I guess it works. But man, it hurts Multicultural. It hurts us. Gosh, this is just making us make more work for us. Uh, but anyway, yeah, right. Uh, but you've got uh, you know Atalanta coming off a defeat, now having to go to the, uh, against Rome and having to go to San Paolo. Who who did Atalanta upset? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, Roma home and then Napoli away to start the season. Uh, but then you've got Fiorentina hosting Sampdoria. Uh, a couple of the other contenders for you. Milan, like we said, host Cagliari. Gen- Juventus go to Genoa, and that's not a done deal for Juventus. No. They they lost, remember last season? They, they, last lost, season. they lost their last season, so that's not a done deal for them. Uh, who moves the needle for you uh, this coming weekend? Which one are you most looking forward to? Ooh, I mean, Inter-Roma should be a very tasty affair. and Napoli, Atalanta, I want to just see what Atalanta can do against that, that attacking team that is Napoli the, the, the juggernaut there but I'm all, and I'm also very curious to see what happens in that Fiorentina Sampdoria matchup because you know both of us picked you know Sampdoria to do good things this season um and you know you're, you're facing a pretty decent team in Fiorentina so you know they're not they're not where they will be like we we're both you know we're both saying so this is a perfect time for them to get some points against a, a, a not quite ready Fiorentina team so uh, mm-hmm. That should be very interesting. We'll see. Maybe old man Colliarella, uh 
does his thing again, pulls up another two goals. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Spalletti returning to the uh, Olimpico. Yeah, I mean, that's the headline right there. Getting that out of the way. <laughs> I think that that's the way he's looking at it. Uh, will the Jadorasi faithful uh, jeer him uh, for how he treated Totti, or will they revere him for uh, how, how he got Roma to finish second and chase Juve all, all the way to the second last week of the season? What say you? Ooh, man. Um, I think they're going to applaud him for the most part, um, but... They better. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was there two, two, two different stints there. You know, he did a lot for the team. Um, they got their highest point total last season. So, I mean, why not? Give, give, applaud the guy. Uh, I agree. I agree. And hopefully they, hopefully they, they do the right thing here. So, um, I'm, I'm eager to see what goes on with this Genoa-Juventus game. Um, yeah. I, I expect Juventus to win. I expect them to put it right. But, uh, can can Juric turn Gen, turn the Marassi into the fortress that he had it at the uh, the first half of last season? Uh, should be uh, pretty interesting to see. Uh, can Paulo Dybala play a good match away from home? Uh, that'll be his first chance to start proving me wrong about this stigma about he only plays well at the J uh, or whatever they're calling it. Um, uh, so, also for me, um, I think Napoli Atalanta is going to be interesting. Uh, I think that uh, this is a make-or-break thing for Atalanta, in my opinion. Um, I I shouldn't say that on Match Week 2. I take that back. Um, (laughs) But two games and zero points. uh, We start worrying about them being this, being last season's, uh, or this season's Sassuolo from last year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, and it's going to be awfully tough for them to get anything uh, out of the San Paolo the way Napoli are running right now. So, um, but it's, it's going to be interesting. Got three, three marquee games. You've got, uh, Juventus and AC Milan in winnable spots. Lazio traveling to Kievo. I think that's an interesting one. You know, if, if I think Lazio dominated the spall match, I think that Kievo defensively stands to be a little bit weaker. I think that Lazio should be able to put that right and go there and get the win. Uh, but it's also, you know, I wouldn't rule out Kievo winning. So, uh, you know, some interesting games there. Also rounding out, you got Torino and Sassuolo. Uh, you've got Spal hosting Udinese. This is a huge game for Luigi Nalleri and Zebrete. Um, Benevento and Bologna also. So you've got some some teams that you fancy being in the lower table that uh, that are going to be in some fights here uh, very early on. That's going to that may be setting the standard for some of these teams. So uh, match week two shaping out to be very very interesting indeed. And then guess what? Boom, World Cup qualifiers. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Oh, Two yeah. games. We're oh. excited. We're all jacked up. Sierra. Yeah, we gotta go. Let's go back to the World Cup qualifiers. Great. Oh. Thanks. Thanks a lot, FIFA. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I know. I guess they're important too. So, but anyway, uh, go to Syria. Sit. Go to at Syria. Sit down. Twitter or Instagram. Give us the game that you're most looking forward to. Uh, that is going to put a bow on this edition of the Serie A sit-down in just a little over half the time it took us to do our preview, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that's a record time for us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, plug away. Twitter Twitter, and uh, what you're up to uh, in the uh, in the blogs and the pods these days. All right, well, as always, you can find me at R underscore Carmen on Twitter. Um, these days, you can also find me on the Sh- on a Schalke podcast. That's uh, at FC Schalke, Schalke 04pod. I don't even know what the heck my, my, my handle is there. Um, <laughs> um, and then, you know, as always, you know, I'm writing for WFI and also SB Nation for Milan there. So, you know, definitely be on the lookout for articles coming there. 
you know, World Football Index has tons and tons of articles and podcasts. So if you don't like Syria, there's there's a flavor there for you. There's English, there's other things. So go there too. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, testament you're giving to Syria here. This is a Syria pod, <laughs> and you're, people just listen to us for a little over an hour, and now you're sitting here saying, well, if you don't like Syria, <laughs> there's preseason rust, and then there's what you do. <laughs> just, there's no one like me <laughs> no you're unique there's no doubt about it so <laughs> yeah thank you for listening for the last hour and five minutes even though you don't like syria <laughs> wonderful <laughs> so i'm at ftc underscore 21 uh my blog the calcio consultant just put up my uh predictions for the upcoming syria season looking pretty good after match week one yeah. uh yeah not too bad uh but uh you know long way to go uh, but, uh, you know, go there and check those predictions out and, uh, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down, or if, uh, you think I got somebody too low or too high, uh, I'll, uh, I'll come out with a little something this week. I'll probably be a reaction to what I saw here on match week one and, uh, and then, uh, and then go from there. So, um, but, uh, that's where you can find me, the Calcio consultant on worldfootballindex.com. Go to www.worldfootballindex.com in case after listening to us, you hate Syria. Uh, and want to uh, try another podcast <laughs> since Richard since, since Richard's had such a you know damning indictment of us. <laughs> so I'm never gonna live this down. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, but uh, but that's gonna do it for us. We want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to us. And as always, be sure to tell your paisans about us. Ciao.